What's up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Break, the last dance episode three and four edition. It's J Mac, Kyle Beats, and Josh VG. What's going on, fellas? How we doing? Good, man. It's good to talk to you guys. Absolutely. What's up, man? I'm feeling uh, pretty hyped after the uh, Dennis Rodman episode. I know. I kind of want to just like jump out there and just scream "fuck yeah" like Michael did during that <laughs> fucking playoff series. Pretty wild, man. So we uh, we are back. So another week. Two more MJ Docs of the 10 drops, so three and four, and figured we'd kind of talk with everybody about that a little bit and and see, uh, you know, see what everybody's thinking so far. Um, so Are we calling it the MJ Doc, though? No, no, the Is Bulls the Doc. MJ I misspoke. Doc? My, I mean, no, it's more the Bulls. Today, Doc. today, I know you said that last week, Josh, but today, you know, overall, I felt like it was a lot more team-oriented. Yeah, definitely. Well, and maybe it's, maybe it's because MJ was the first one there. Well, it's because it's MJ, but... Um, every, every episode that I feel like they're going to get into like the specific one person, they do about 15 minutes of that one person at the beginning and then they switch over to Jordan. Yeah. Well, so like we'll go like episode by episode here, but I mean for three, like they, that was more about Dennis Rodman, but there's already a 30 for 30 about Dennis Rodman. So like while they could have gone, I mean, that could have been a whole part maybe even two of the documentary because i'm pretty sure his was two hours it was an hour and a half at least as far as his 30 no, yeah it was a two hour okay so yeah two like it's hour. a big story there and there's a lot that goes into dennis rodman that i didn't even know about until i watched that so i am interested to see if it like like we started getting into more of phil in episode four so like i'm excited i'm interested to see where it's going to continue to go in that direction but it's still Josh, thought- you're right it's still centered around michael yeah, it is, but I actually thought they did a good job of giving us a somewhat of a background on Rodman, but in a really abbreviated way and getting to kind of where he was leading up to coming to the Bulls and then where he was, you know, mentally in that final season. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't feel like they spent too much time there, uh, but you're right, Josh. They've been like transitioning back towards Michael more so later in the episodes because it's just more about the team and he's obviously yeah. you know the be- best player on the team and the, the vocal point and he's the money maker too like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that but i was just saying that i don't, I don't have a problem with calling it the mj documentary as a matter of fact that's what i've been i've been saying mj documentaries coming on but uh i i really like these last two episodes dude it, it's so funny to me about do we want to go episode three first yeah let's go episode three first just i'm kind of on. when did when did Rodman start getting into cahoots with Kim Jong. That was later on. <laughs> was that, that was later on? on? That was post basketball. Yeah. Okay. That, post, okay. Yeah. Post basketball. Well, kind of though, up. because he like went over there and played for a little bit, like or played like an exhibition game or something like that, or several of them in North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's if you you have to watch that, that, that doc, man. It's wild. Yeah. It's a wild, <laughs> wild thing. He's running five there for sure, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, Rodman is kind of my favorite part of all of this. I mean, obviously, and I'm actually starting to like, you know, I actually like Jordan a lot, even though I always try to defend LeBron. I really like Jordan a lot. And I know they're doing it and showing certain, you know, parts parts of his personality. But I, just as far as like on the court game and swag, I like it a lot. Uh, but I really thought that Rodman was the, was the gel too for that for them to continue that success later in their careers. And it showed, it showed in this one, but it's fucking wild, man. Like the 48 hour trip to Vegas and dude. So yeah, I want to ask you that was getting approved. How would you feel if like, you know, you you're in 
January, February, you know, the dog days where you really need your guys and the team needs to gel together. And, you know, Josh is just like, hey, guys, I got to go out to Vegas. I got to get a break. And Kyle yeah. and I were like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, we need a break. You know, like, but yeah, like, imagine that. Like he said, though, I mean, you, f- you felt like he was going to do it anyway. So you almost got to, like, you know, give him the green light and just be like, yeah, get your ass back here in 48 hours. And you know he would You knew he wasn't going to be back you, in 48 hours. Which yeah, he didn't, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. right, maybe he'll be back in like 72 or 96. That's what was so great. I've always thought was so great about Phil is that he could take any personality and make it work. You know, just because he let people be who they were and he embraced that. See, and that's... I think that, oh, if, you, if you tell Rodman no, he's already circling the drain, right, on, on being not productive. If right. you tell Rodman no in that situation, which 99.9% of the league will then it's over. You don't have a productive player anymore. Right. And we'll get into Phil in the second episode a little bit more, but like that's where I feel like Phil's biggest value is, is understanding how to read a locker room and how to how to give guys the individualized attention that they need. Yeah, right. for sure. For and, sure. And that's why he was able to make, I mean, he made Shaq and Kobe last for five years. Like right. they were not good in the first year and then not good in the last year, but he won three championships with two of the biggest egos on the planet. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of out of his his yeah. uh, purview. That's actually a more tough job, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like even in this, you could tell. I don't want to get too far into Phil yet, but yeah, like the personalities in that locker room were just interesting to deal with because you had to develop a team that was mentally tough enough to beat that Pistons team, and that was nearly impossible. Yeah, at that point, it, it's because like. Scotty and Rodman were both alphas, just not alphas in the locker room or in the huddle with Mike, but they were alphas in general in life. And I think that's really, and they, they did a good job of alluding to it is, you know, that's why Rodman and, and Jordan got along, even though did basically everything different in life. They got along because he knew Jordan knew Rodman busted his ass. Right. He knew he was going to give it a hundred percent. And, like that respect factor is huge. And I like that. Like I like that Jordan doesn't give a shit what the guy does off the court as long as you're coming to work and, and working hard every day. Like he was lifting after games and stuff. It's yeah. Wild. I love the whole shower before a game and lift afterwards. That's wild. Yes. And he just like I, I agree with you, man. Like I really don't give a shit what these guys do. Like even now I don't care as long as they're getting their shit done. And like that's how it should be. And there's a, a hidden value in embracing that and i feel like that's that's really important and you can tell that guys like steve kerr have adopted their coaching styles and their locker room management yeah. styles to that because of people like phil yeah kerr lets people say whatever they want right Kerr's like the pete carroll of of the nba and he says whatever he wants on top of that also true which if he wasn't the coach of the warriors i would really like that <laughs> <laughs> i actually he's a big actually, influence what that's a big phil influence uh like you said oh for sure yeah yeah and he's a charismatic dude that can make a joke and i think that that lends itself to just like letting people be who they are as well i think he's just he just has that personality as well so one thing i noticed about this one we talked about how we liked it last time is the kind of the shifts backwards and forwards in time Mm -hmm. i feel like so i feel like in these two episodes as a whole we got a lot more what was happening on the court type situation yep. of, of a real re reliving of a lot of these games of what these guys were thinking about and like what where their heads were at and I, I feel like that was a lot clearer and I, I feel like that was really really prevalent in this one and so we were looking for that in these second second set of document or episodes 
Uh, but one thing I noticed though is like the t- the closer we're starting to get to these time frames, the harder it is for like the jumping around thing. So for instance, like there was a time where we're talking about the Rodman Bulls and you know like all this stuff, and then it jumps back in time, and it's all of a sudden he's on that Pistons team, and then back again, and he's it just it starts to be a lot in like a small amount of time for me. It is, and and I was thinking that too, but I thought they did actually a good job of. You know, obviously Rodman came from the Pistons to the Bulls, so they had to show the relationship there and where that originated from. But it's also, you know, when Jordan and them finally beat the Pistons, that's the beginning of their run, and they're showing Rodman and what's going on kind of at the beginning of the season as well in that final season. So it's staying kind of consistent in that trajectory, right. but that's pretty hard to follow. I mean, but they, they had to go back and show, you know, obviously – what it was for Michael to overcome that mm-hmm. without without Rodman and then adding Rodman to it at the end. I feel like if I were if if I didn't know what that what had happened and like why Rodman left and went to the Bulls and all that, if I hadn't known that going into this, if I just was not familiar with that storyline at all, that would be very confusing for me to follow. But knowing, I mean, it helped it helps. I knew what was going on, but yeah, I that just, might be for the common like person that doesn't like familiar with the ins and outs, nuts and bolts of the story. That's where it got a little bit confusing for me. Yeah. So do you guys think, and I think I know the answer to Josh's to, or I know Josh's answer here. Do you think that the Pistons, the bad boy Pistons, quote unquote, their physicality is properly rated, overrated or underrated? There was, could you imagine driving past Isaiah Thomas and getting tackled by a seven-foot skeleton? <laughs> I feel like just the psychological – that's named Bill Lambeer. I feel like just the psychological trauma of that would be more more than any physicality by Dwight Howard or someone like that. I mean, the the, no, I, I, the officiating in this era was incredible, right? Yeah. <laughs> or lack thereof. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. They, I mean, they they were, yeah, they were they were physical in that they were knocking people to the ground. That a lot of those were flagrant fouls that weren't called flagrant fouls. But dude, you can't convince me that those guys were throwing around more weight than the guys in the NBA now. If that's what you're getting at, it's obviously worse intent though. Yeah, way worse intent. Sure. Yeah, the intent was to take those guys out. Some of those were yeah. el- elbows were meant to meant to drop someone. Yeah, right. And I think that obviously played a factor in Jordan's longevity. Yeah. How, like, what do you mean? Have, what do you mean? Would we have seen that kind of longevity out of Kobe if he played against those kind of defenses and took those kind of falls? Probably not. You think that it, you think that it lessened Jordan's longevity or lengthened Jordan's longevity? Lessened, obviously. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would. I would say yeah. I, I don't know if we would have seen Jordan lift weights the way that he did either if if they had not been there. Dude, he got um, jacked because he was pretty yeah. skinny at the beginning when they were Dude, just going back to like those 88, 89 games. I think I actually have a book here on weight training by Tim Grover, his his uh, dude. But it, it was crazy to me that that was only 15 pounds difference. Well, the difference between yeah. peak Jordan and then and then prior to Pistons Jordan. Yeah. Well, I mean, and so like I think it to- it did a really looks- good job of of telling the story of how he got stronger and how he got, you know, like. I mean, Jordan kind of locked it into another gear at that point in time and was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. And I mean, that story about how they like none of them left and went on vacation that they just went straight back to practice the next day and started doing it again. I mean, absolutely incredible. And that's where he hit another gear, I think, for me. 
and where he really decided like this is what we're going to do and so the it told a good story of that and then also the adoption of a new offense and what actually ended up working a little bit better at least at the time uh for yeah. that type of game which is ball movement and we'll get into that in a minute but and, and what's ultimately the the most impressive thing about that is that the entire di team did that like there are players that do it now like braun does that Giannis does that kobe did that but Kobe wasn't getting Kwame Brown in the weight room with him the day after they yes. they went to the That's finals or anything like that. There. Yeah. Right, right. That's what's impressive is that the whole team was going according to that story. I don't know if that's true, but yeah. that's yeah. the most impressive thing to me is that the entire team is going back in. The most impressive thing wasn't Scottie Pippen repping 185 <laughs> three times and guys acting like he's the world's strongest man. <laughs> I, mean, I know these guys are basketball players, but Jesus, Jesus. fucking Christ. Kevin Durant was sitting in his house like, my God, dude, that, that is just a machine. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I 185 ridiculous. <laughs> one thing that you I remember when KD went to the combine and couldn't rip 135 once. Dude, he got 185. It just flattened him. Just flat killed him. Yeah. Oh, was it 185? Okay, yeah, I thought it was yeah. one. I thought it was 135. Um, one thing that I didn't really know about, I guess, and I don't know how I would have because I was very, very young at this point. But like, I guess I didn't realize how much of Jordan's reputation was looked at as a guy that can't finish until he just prattled off a bunch of championships yeah michael the scorer like i heard i heard that referred to and you know there you saw the sign in the crowd that was like you know not this year michael or whatever yeah. and it was like that was the narrative and they swept them the third time which is what's crazy yeah that was yeah. a good team they swept a good yeah. team that they just completely obliterated really i it was mean the, the same team that obliterated them the year before right and i, I mean i i or guess not obliterated them but i guess game that's, seven scotty had a migraine yeah, which is a crazy story, too. Like, uh, I can't even imagine being out on a basketball court and b seeing double of guys and everything. And you could tell in the way he was playing. But you could tell Jordan was also kind of like, you Fuck know. This guy. Eh, yeah, yeah Jordan didn't believe him. Like, I played with a flu. But, I mean, if you've had a migraine, you get it. But it's like, I I get where both guys are coming from. It's just sure. a shitty, unfortunate Timing. situation. But yeah, that couldn't happen, on, you know, in game 56 and – you know, in the season, it had to happen in game seven. Right. <laughs> yeah. But Jordan Dude, putting that weight on and going 4-0 is what sent his – sweeping that team 4-0 is what sent his ego to the next level. Yeah. Sure. Rightfully so. And I had I've, – I've had one migraine in my life, and it was like – I don't know if you guys get them, but it was this weird blind spot. Yep. I couldn't imagine playing basketball like that, like it's not terrible. being able to see one spot of my vision. That'd be so weird. Um, it'd be impossible to play. But And then you're trying to play in an NBA game. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so uh, where okay so i guess that kind of moves into the next part of the conversation which will lead us into episode four eventually we started getting into the talk about the triangle offense um we have the i guess it's introduced where are you guys at on some the assist it was an assistant yeah that was, kept bringing it up so and doug collins wanted nothing to do with it right and so he basically taught all that to phil and phil I mean, so it, it, it was multifaceted because it feels like Jerry was ready to move on from Doug Collins because they had kind of convinced him that this is the wave of the future, which in their defense, right. it was at the time and it worked well for what they were trying to do because the whole point is to get the ball moving and to rely on your teammates. We've talked about that with Golden State a million times. Like that's that's what Steve Kerr walked into a, a situation where you could just open it up and let the ball move. And that's that's right. huge there. And so. I see the value in the triangle offense. Is it dated? Does it work now? I, I don't think so, personally. I, I want to hear what you guys think about that because I I think the players as a whole uh, as a whole are a lot more dynamic than they've ever been. As a, just on a, yeah. a full talent rise, 
you know, rising tide, you know, rises all boats, like that kind of thing. Like it, it helps everybody. But uh, where are you guys at with the triangle offense first and foremost? I guess. So for me, I believe that it was the best offense in two thousand two, all the way up to two thousand five or so, maybe two thousand six, and then back then as well, because it's what it's predicated on is constant movement, a flow of the offense, as well as getting people into a position where they have a defender rotating, um, which is what you always want to do. You always have, want to have a defender rotating at you or closing out to you. But it's also predicated upon getting people mid-range jump shots. It right. makes you pull up in, in the mid-range or, or go to the rim um, whenever a right. defense breaks down. But generally, what you're looking for is a mid-range shot. And that's why it was great up until 2005, 2006, and even 2008. But now, today... Um, it's not going to be as good because obviously we're in the era of analytics and people are taking shots from threes because three point shots on the whole across the league are worth way more than mid range shots. Right. Um, unless you're DeMar DeRozan. Right. So what you try to do is maybe like you can, there's an argument that you could have a hybrid of it where guys are more spread out and they're, you know, you're running the triangle and you're rotating from the three point line. But what that's going to require is a hell of a passer in, in the post and guys that can catch and shoot. And it's going to be hard because it's going to require more spacing if you're going to try to get those shots. And athletes are so good at defense now. Making those long passes, it's probably not going to be as successful. Right. And and another big thing that the triangle did was it would allow you to get into a situation where you had a one-on-one in the post or mm-hmm. your po- and your post could score with, with less skill than normal. Or if anybody doubled onto the post and you get open mid-range shots – um, it worked really well in specifically in Jordan's era because you couldn't actually double team. So if you watch the if you watch the Pistons whenever Jordan's in the post and they didn't show a whole lot of it, I was actually looking for it. But if Jordan's ever in the post, they don't actually double onto him. But what will happen is as the entry pass is trying to go in, let's say Scotty's trying to pass him for the entry pass, they'll just back way up off of Scotty Pippen to where they're almost sitting in Jordan's lap, and they, that's not considered doubling because they haven't turned around to face him. But it's part of the Jordan rules and they're going to double them in the post there. Um, so it worked really well for the bulls because you couldn't double the post. You couldn't really double anybody, but then it worked really well for the Lakers because it doesn't matter if you double Shaq, he's just going to go two on one. Right. It doesn't really matter if you double Kobe because you're going to force up a mid ranger and probably drill it over two people. Right. So um, the fact that he's going to try the triangle, right. The triangle has to have two superstars to work. Yeah, no, for sure. And the really and truly, the more superstars you have, the better, which seems like very obvious. But like in that situation, like that's why they were able to make it work with Kevin Durant. Same kind of thing with the Warriors. Yeah. It's and not they, the triangle, and they, but similar. Yeah. And they run a lot more of what are called zipper cuts where you have somebody yes. running as fast as you can from the from the bottom of the lane all the way up to the top of the three point line and taking multiple different screens and having multiple different ways to cut off. Mm-hmm. And you generally have Draymond at the top sitting there waiting for Steph or Clay to cut off that zipper cut. Mm-hmm. So and there's always baseline movement. Like it's like yeah. watching like Pac-Man ghost running around out there. It's crazy. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, and I do think me and you talked about it the other day, Josh. If Giannis somehow ended up in Golden State when he becomes a free agent, oh my god, you could run the triangle offense with Giannis in the post there because if he's getting one one on ones in the post, that's gonna, that's a good look. Yeah. Dude, did you guys watch that video that I sent you on Curry and Durant? Yeah. Yep. Dude, like yeah. that that it's should hy- that so support your hypothesis of I don't want to get too much into it into, no, we'll put into it, out it there but, later so everybody can see it. 
Yeah, Curry has so much gravity, dude. Like those guys were leaving Kevin Durant open in order to go and double on to Curry. But I digress. We're talking about the Jordan series, yeah. so sorry about that. <laughs> we'll get but back to the, that. Um, yeah, the, the triangle offense is predicated upon mid-range jump shots, and that's why it's not great now. Right. Yeah, and like <laughs> – so like – it's one of those things where like I've always with Phil, like I I've always thought that Phil is a good players coach, but like he's had the he had the like benefit of coaching arguably what I guess depending on how you aggregate our list, four or five on your list. Right. Like an unbelievable amount of talent. And when you're coaching Jordan and Shaq, like to me that's it's pretty that makes things a little easier. And I think the way he just burned the Knicks down is a pretty good result of I think people have come around on my take a little bit more than they maybe had before by seeing how badly he slept his way through that situation and I just I I, I don't mean to take away from Phil because obviously his resume is impressive or anything and, and like it takes a brilliant mind to be able to get those pieces to work properly and to know like you know for him to be able to like be pitched a system and be like this is the future and for him to be able to envision that and put that to work is an impressive skill that most people do not have so i give him full credit with that but like i mean look at the talent you had to put it into place and it wasn't yeah, even really at, his idea at a certain point i'm just going to say this because i know josh is a lot on you know phil in terms of like ideology and the type of leader that he was but I, I think I think a little more of Phil than you do, J-Mac, as far as X and O's. I think he was actually pretty good. Yes, he's the beneficiary of a lot of talent. I can't – I mean, you can hold that against him, but only to a certain degree. He's, For sure. He's arguably the best players coach. I mean, him, you know, Pete Carroll, Steve Kerr, a lot of these notorious guys, he's right there with them, and he's able to manage a lot of Big pretty I mean, high – you know, even with Kobe, Shaq, and Jordan, not as much Pippen pretty big egos right and he was able to manage all of those really well um i just i think the the nick situation was just the fact that he still had that old school 80s and 90s mindset and it just wasn't gonna work in that situation right. at that he was the gm there yeah well they yeah. wanted to run the triangle off no, i know but he was the gm but yeah he was trying to he was picking players and he was not doing it well. He's picking players that fit those kind of older systems and trying to implement a version of that system. And it just wasn't going to be successful in 2000 and what was that? 15. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I I'm a big believer in, in basketball. It's about 80% system, 20% X's and O's um, meaning, meaning sideline plays and things like that. It's 80% culture and, putting in the correct system. And I think that what will typify this is the fact that Luke Walton had so much success whenever Steve Kerr was out. He won like 20 games in a row or something like that. 38 and four. Yeah. 38 and four. Something crazy like that because he was in the system. He didn't really have to do anything because he was in this winning playbook as well as the the players wanted to win. And and Phil did such a great job as a coach of fostering that. And I, I think it was typified by, Rodman, you can do. You can go take your forty-eight hours in Vegas, man. We just come back here and win. Like I know that you're going to do it anyways, and I want you on my team. So I'm, I'm, I think that he was one of the best locker room coaches of all time. And the fact that he had Jordan and, and Kobe did did make up for some of his deficiencies because he was never a hard ass. Right. And if you read Phil Jackson's uh, biography, he knows that he said. He, he said at one point, Kobe was there to coach people hard and to, to push people hard. And me and Derek Fisher were there to come back and be the motherly figures whenever they were pissed off at Kobe, right? He knew that. And he did, luckily, just like Jordan did with Pippen, 
have the antithesis to what he was bad at on the court with him at all times whenever he was winning between Kobe and Jordan. He got lucky in regards to that, and he's probably elevated a little bit because of that. But, I mean, Jordan is with Pippen as well and Rodman in the same way that Kobe is with Shaq. Like, everybody's Robin makes them better. And there's I think, wrong I think that, that Jackson had a got lucky in that he had Robbins at all times. That's what I'm saying. Like that. That's my point. Is like he was in the right place at the right time most of the time. And that hey, more power to him. That matters. But yeah. and it I, still I counts. Phil, that's true. I think Phil being such a manager of egos though, and players coaches, the big reason I love him because like you make the analogy to a really like successful CEO that doesn't necessarily have the highest IQ. I feel like that person's always like really celebrated. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with Phil. It's like, maybe he doesn't understand X's and O's or, or the game of basketball that much, but maybe he really understands how to teach guys to tap into their potential, to be professionals, to be hyper-focused and to work as, as one. And yeah. like you saw that in kind of his, you know, Zen Buddhist native American influence that he brought to that team, which is incredibly interesting. I might add it is. It it's, really, it really is like, you know, and I, I think there's a great methodology for that. I think there's a great talent for that, but I mean, you know, given the, the systems and the, you know, all that, I mean, this documentary just told us a story that basically someone else created it and he just put it into place. And or, I mean, we knew he didn't create it, but like, we know that he, he was the one that helped revolutionize it and really put it into play and say, this is the guideline that we're going to strictly go by, which is, again, right. incredibly valuable and important. But, I mean, I, I just I, I think those are the kinds of things that I see where I'm like, but that doesn't help him. I, I think people think those things help him, and I don't think those things do help him. I do think, you think Phil's the greatest coach of all time? No, I don't. I don't. Bill Belichick's the best Red coach. Arbach. Well, oh, a basketball Red Auerbach, yeah. Yeah. But it, again, I important know, though. I don't know enough about Red Arbor. I mean, again, important though that Red was always someone that knew how to make those guys like he he let those guys be themselves, and that that is always the 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 constant, I guess, that we see in successful teams is those those coaches let those guys be them. It's huge. Look at that's exactly why I think Tom Thibodeau hasn't been that successful because he won't let the team be the be themselves and won't let the team develop an identity. Not Jimmy Butler, right. Well, you know what I'm saying, though. Like, he, yeah. it wasn't just Jimmy Butler. It was more than that, too. I feel like Pop also is a great coach, but it's more like he doesn't – I don't want to say he doesn't let guys be himself. It's like he just doesn't bring in guys. It's more of a Belichick thing. Like, he's not going to bring in a guy that he knows isn't exactly what he wants. Correct. Right. And that's, again, like that's the mark of a, a good – leader in a different good coach style is understanding what mm-hmm. what you are and like we saw that like i mean look at doc rivers he's a great example of that like he's probably struggled more in his career when he hasn't had a bunch of talent on the roster but he's incredibly successful when he does and yep. that's there's guys like that and it's just the right place right time so I thought episode four did a good job of painting Phil in the right light I guess I mean what was what was you guys take on that like do you feel like he I, was it, yeah, I mean, I think it put him in a pretty nice, in a good light, but I think it should because I don't really think any blemishes on Phil's career came until much later. I think up until this point, it was damn near flawless. I agree. Yeah, with that. I, I wish Phil was my grandfather. 
I'm saying anything bad about my my grandfather, but dude, he's just I'm somewhere just, in between where you two are at. <laughs> he's just so he's so wise, dude. And like reading his book, uh, he would challenge each player every single year with a different book that he thought would speak to them, and he would always give Rodman stuff about finding himself and about becoming who he truly was. And he like they talked about Carmen Electra. Carmen Electra sitting there telling him to be himself, oh dude. She like, got a cameo somehow. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> like talk about how Phil made this guy better. Don't talk about how Carmen Electra changed his life. And, and you know. I, we can't we can't get you know passes to ask players good questions and Carmen Electric gets a cameo on the Jordan yeah, doc. Jesus, and, and I also like uh, that's another thing about like the Phil thing with Rodman was like yeah he let he let him go and he recognized when it was time to blow off some steam but he's just lucky that Michael like saw the same thing and understood that because if that were to happen now could you imagine what the what kind of chaos in a locker room that would cause if that were to happen now if Kyrie just decided hey I gotta go get a, you know hit up the blackjack tables in Vegas for a couple days could <laughs> I you gotta go to a flat earther convention I guess Kyrie's not a great <laughs> example here but <laughs> yeah Kyrie's a bad but you know what I'm saying your mind. Uh, what did you guys think of this is going back to that uh, series where they swept the Pistons and got into the, the first finals against the Lakers of Isaiah's explanation of them not shaking hands and, you know, just walking off the court and then playing that video for, I like how they played the video for everybody. They show cool. the reaction and everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And Jordan's like, no, fuck, fuck that. that. Like <laughs> this guy's full of shit. I hate, he, I love that dude. I Me love too. how much he did not like him. I just thought he was kind of a pussy. It dude, was a pussy move. It was a pussy move. Yeah. It was incredible. Josh doesn't so, seem like he's in. No, Jordan's reaction was incredible. Is what oh I mean. yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I like Jordan. They showed him in the interview the year before where they lost, where he was like the yeah. better team won. Like he shook he all their hands a lot better. Yeah, yeah. we're we get to see all of it. Like we're right now, we're in classy Jordan prime. Like yeah, early, <laughs> and I never realized bad. that that early career Jordan was classy as as, as all get yeah. out, dude. That guy was that yeah. guy was a prototype star. Um, let's, let's hold, hold judgment on, yeah. on, on these guys walking off the floor. Cause Jordan gets a lot worse as time goes on. But dude, what, one thing I will say is man, I, I've never, I've never heard a person that answers questions better than Jordan. Oh yeah. Whenever he was in, whenever he was in the league, at least. Yeah. In I, any sport, dude, like that guy's his, every, every answer is perfect. And like he, he even now answers questions really pretty perfectly. Like, yeah. he, I mean, he's very sharp with what he remembers and and what, you know, I mean, he's he you can tell he doesn't really give a shit about who he offends yeah. because, you know, he's yeah. Michael fucking Jordan. I, I kind of <laughs> like it a little bit, though. I oh, kind of like that. Yeah, I love it. I love the swagger and like, I mean, he's not not backing down from his principles. Not that I would expect him to, but he's not backing down from this. And I, I don't know if this is the tape showing us what we what we what they want us to see or if this is actually like this but I, there's not a single time that I've seen him show weakness throughout the entire thing and and to be honest with you if that's if that's true and they're not just pulling stuff and leaving out other stuff then I can see why he will for a long time be maybe always be considered the greatest player of all time is because he never exactly. actually showed weakness like LeBron yeah. is is vulnerable at times. He'll mm -hmm. say, "Yeah, we, we, yep. I'm feeling down or Everyone stuff like that." Jordan really. never, never showed that. Yeah, everyone I, except Jordan to a degree. I think yeah. though that they were trying to humanize that part of him a little bit when they were showing that he wasn't really understanding the value of the triangle offense until he really saw it work 
by throwing it out to Lynch and just letting it letting it fly, you know, and like that was when he really like saw it and was like, "This is what we got to do." And Wait, I'm on board. Oh, oh do, uh, uh, Jordan. Yo, Wait, Paxton. I say Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paxton. Yeah. yeah. Um, John Lynch was a safety for the. Yeah, yeah. Kind of look, they kind of look Paxton alike. Lynch, Paxton, <laughs> quarterback. Dude, I know. Uh, I yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, my Dude, bad. That, nah, that, I do it all the time. Yeah, that was a good. It was a good shot too. And like, that was where Jordan realized I can drive and kick. Right. You know. Right. And you know, Phil basically said, "Hey, once Michael bought into not having to be the guy all the time and knowing when to defer." He's like, that's a hell of a privilege when you got a thirty point per night player that's that, yeah. that can do that. Yeah, yeah. amen to that. And we always give Steph high marks because he's one of those guys that recognizes when it's not about him that night. Yeah, yeah, and he can get thirty points on like twelve shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thirty six on twelve. Fucking believable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought that that did a good job of humanizing weakness, but not like to a. To a fault standpoint, because he Not conquered like to that. a level we've seen all other players hit that right. are kind of those Jordan esque, like Kobe, LeBron. We've seen right. them hit a lot lower, weaker points. Yeah, yeah, and even even when he's when he's answered questions that he's like the the point where he said that somebody said, "How many are are you sick of talking about Scottie Pippen?" He said, "No, I'm just going to give you the same answers that I always give you." He says, "No, like it's fucking awesome." How many people in today's day and age would say, "Yes, stop asking that question"? I know what yeah, Kyrie no, Irving would say. It's just such a powerful reply. Yeah, I know what Kyrie Irving would say. That's all I can tell you. No, this is not a pick on Kyrie session. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point though. Like he he. He had fun with it, though. It was folksy. It wasn't just like it wasn't even hostile most of the time, you know, exactly. And so you take something that is obviously of con- contentious matter to Jordan. You, you ask him this question repeatedly and just over and over and over again to see if he'll break and give you something. And he just keeps making jokes and deferring it like that's just straight up like controlling, controlling even that that locker room of that media session, yep. you know, and we, we don't see it like. I, I can't say – I know I'm just beating this to death, but I can't say enough about how good he was in interviews. That's a huge part yeah. too. Honestly, just like media coverage, the product to a degree, the product, but just that whole era, the clothes, the whole vibe, the music and everything. I love that late 80s, early 90s era of the NBA. Same. Uh, it makes me think of like NBA Jam also on Hell yeah. Sega Genesis. Um, but yeah, I, I just love that whole era. I. I don't think players are ever going to get to a degree where they're like that almost like friendly and aloof with the media. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's more tension because of the access now. Right. I'll also tell you why a lot of the players are thrown into the media before they have three years of college. Yeah. Jordan had three years of college and three years of learning who he was with no media around. Right. 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 Or when he had, it was, it's a slow introduction to the media to learn how it works and what to say and what not to say, because mm-hmm. especially now, because we know how far it can be taken out of, you know, context and, you know, contorted around on you and all that kind of shit that happens to guys all the time. Yeah. But it's like, those are mistakes you had to make. And, and he made those early on where you didn't see him on a national stage. Exactly. Yeah. And LeBron's making more than his, his coach and his first year in the league at 18 years of age. Zahn's making more than his coach in his first year in the league at 19 years of age. You know, these these kids don't get the chance to mature before right. they start answering questions like Jordan had. Yeah, well, and to Kyle's point, the exposure is different now than it's ever been. And that's mm-hmm. it's it's also richer. True. It's quicker. It's fa- you know, it's everything's faster. Like the first round fully matters versus the first five picks that mattered 10 years ago, you know, and that's that's a big difference. 
And, like, guys just seem more easily agitated with questions and stuff, too. Like, they just don't have as much of a backbone and as much resiliency. Yeah. And that's a little annoying. I wonder if watching this episode is going to do, or this show specifically, is going to do anything for the mindset of players. We'll see. A lot of them are going to be too young to really care, honestly. To really realize what's happening. Yeah. It's a, it's, yeah. That part's kind of a shame, but, I mean, it's it's a really good crash course in how how to really approach a media presence and, and to really put that out there and know, like have control over what you're saying and what you're putting out there and, and the message, like you can't like, I think that's the one thing that I can't believe that Jerry Krause did throughout this whole thing is he's putting all these mixed media messages out there. Like they touched on that a little bit going, going to the all-star break. They're like, well, I don't care if Michael Jordan comes back or not. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Dude? Yeah, what crazy. the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> How about Jerry Krause's sweet dance moves? Dude. On the <laughs> Oh, my God. They were clowning him so hard, too, at the same time. All right, go sit down, Jerry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so, but, so I'm glad you brought that up. So we saw, yeah. I think, the first instance of gambling, right? Mm. He bet on the Super Bowl. That. Yep. That was Is the that first the instance first? of gambling. Well, that's, okay. what, that's the first, uh, uh, first time first we've, seen, we've money. seen it go on here. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we haven't, like, we're four episodes in. We know almost nothing about his gambling, and I don't think we're going to get there. I hope one episode is just... A, dedicated to that it's not gonna be how many episodes are there 10 10 10 yeah we're not even halfway there yet but even so like ah. in episode four left us where where they had just defeated yeah they just won their first they just won their first championship yeah Yeah. they just defeated magic and won their first yeah which him shutting magic down or them shutting magic it was a creamless it was a creamless Lakers. lakers team but it was still a good lakers team it was just a fading and old lakers team yeah for sure but I mean, the way the Lakers looked so spry in that first game, and then they, the way they shut them down afterwards, right? Was, right. And Magic, they, man, went, they go four-one, four-one, beat yeah. them four in a row. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's pretty incredible. Yeah, because uh, once they they opened up the the gates and turned the key, they knew exactly what to do to keep them down. I love the way that Magic handled it, though. He was like, you know what? If I got to get beat, I'm glad it's by MJ. You know, and it's like that. The respect that Magic had even at that time is impressive. You want to talk yeah. about handling the media well? Magic always yeah. always has. Yeah. He was different. He wasn't domineering. He was warm. Right. He still is. Right. He's yeah. still that way. Yeah, him and Jordan are so different, but both they're both alpha just in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Jordan Mag- really thinks of him. Magic's the dude that you could be friends with, or he think or he makes you think that everybody's his buddy. Yeah. And he dominates you in that way. And Jordan's the guy that like is so cool that you want to be around him and you want to be him. Yeah. yeah. Like, you never I can guarantee J Mac that uh you said what does Jordan think of Magic of uh, Magic, I definitely think he respects his game, but thinks he's like too friendly and soft. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I think Jordan thinks everybody's soft. I think that Jordan probably sees through his shit, and that's I really want them, what it is. Yeah, I want them to ask Jordan what the, what he thinks of LeBron and Kobe and all those guys, and <laughs> yeah, I wish he would just give an honest opinion and just trash all of them because it would be hilarious. Well, you know, whatever he says is pretty honest. Like, I mean, he. Yeah, yeah. You gotta he let it fly. Anything. I love it. I mean, whenever they were like, "Do you want to watch this? Do you want to hear what what they said?" And he was like, "I mean, I already know what it is." And literally, yeah. like halfway through it, he was like, "He's just laughing at the yeah. Isaiah stuff." Yeah, man. Like uh, he was dead on. He was dead on. So game game one, Magic had nineteen, ten, and eleven on five shots. Okay, wow. that's insane. Game two, they put Scotty on him. He had 
14, 7, and 10 on 13 shots. Wow. Wow. That's some Gary so, Payton. A lot George more shots, shit. a lot less yeah. points. Dude, yeah. Like, Scotty, that guy no, is so a, good. He does not old, get enough. That's an old, maybe positive magic at that point. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was too far. But <laughs> he's, that's, an old, that's an old magic. And, I mean, I think Scotty was just pretty much in his prime athletically and giving him the business. But, yeah. Boy, did he give him the business when he was playing that full court, too, wasn't he? My God. Dude, Magic did turn it on, though. Yeah, he he gave him the business when he was playing that full court. But Magic turned it on. The next game, he had 29, 9, and 9 on 28 shots. Uh, that's that's pretty high. Um, the game after that, he had 28, 13, just, and everybody 5. Everybody go crazy 20. if LeBron took 28 shots and only had 29 <laughs> points. Yeah. People would be like, is he a top 10 player? I, he'd be out of my top. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But it's oh, very wait, those clear. were Scottie Pippen's stats. My bad. It, it's been- Never mind. <laughs> God damn it. You just give us all- I'm, I'm screwing up stats. Hold up. Damn it. You're you're out of the stat business. No, um, <laughs> like one thing that I think we, we kind Actually, of Actually, that was Jordan. 29.99 on, on 28 was Jordan. Okay. One thing that we had yeah. touched on a little bit before, but I really didn't think about it as much as the way that Jordan elevated all of his teammates around him. And we talked about that a lot during the top 30. But you could really see that here. Yeah, like is it again, I'm sorry. That Jordan elevated his other his teammates. teammates around him so he much. He did or he did not. He did. He did. And it, it he absolutely did. Um maybe not with his play as far as facilitating Josh, but definitely with mindset and definitely with scoring ability and getting guy you know, guys were more open because of him. But Josh, you and I have been more of the mindset that Michael Jordan is this huge beneficiary of having Scottie Pippen come to the Bulls, which I agree is absolutely true. He's a huge beneficiary of Scottie Pippen's skill set and athletic God-given abilities, but Scottie Pippen is a huge beneficiary of Michael Jordan and what he was able to teach him. They showed that today and oh. how he, he was able to turn him into a competitor and wanting to be great because it wasn't, as they said, you know, wasn't maybe his natural instinct. No doubt, no doubt. And I know that every time I say that Scottie Pippen made Michael Jordan, I know that there's somebody out there going, six rings, Michael Jordan actually made Scottie Pippen. You know, that's not what I'm not what I'm saying. Right. I think that together they made each other. And I think that if we had never seen Scottie Pippen on that team, Jordan could have been could not have been as great as he was, is right. what I always mean when I when I say right. that. Um they were dude, Pippen was built in a lab to play alongside Jordan. P- Pippen was and the fact that who who said it? Um, somebody in that episode said he Dennis was Rodman great. was the greatest defender of all time. David Aldridge. Yeah. David Aldridge. Three people on that team have are considered by somebody as the greatest defender of all time. Like, yeah. dude, you can't tell me that those six championships didn't just come straight from Michael Jordan. Nobody you know? said that. I don't that think. That's what I that's what I mean by that. Yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Is that Jordan is great, but a six for six argument shouldn't be an argument that he's bar none number one. Yeah. It's a bigger picture than that. It has yeah, to be. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know what the argument is in the film shows in, in this documentary is that he's that much better than everybody else on the court. More dude, so. he, yeah, dude, those were some, and that's from the first episode that we watched. I said, there will never be another player that is as dominant as Jordan was. Um, in his era or whenever he first came in the league. Cause he's playing a different game than those guys, dude. I texted you guys yeah. and said, he looks like a different freaking species than Bill Lambeer out there. Even Isaiah Thomas 
or Mark Aguirre or, or Bert, those Boston Celtics where they have a bunch of white guys that are running around at two miles an hour on the court. Like <laughs> he looks like a different species out there. And I don't think we'll ever see that again. We'll never see so much of a jump in athleticism. Yeah. That, um, that's a good way to put it because like he, I mean, I, you just look at it and like the way he would like leap up into the air and how far he was ahead of, or like over, yeah. like even just perspective shots and stuff like that. You saw yeah. like his sheer just flat-footed jump athleticism that was just right. unbelievable. But like, there's so many pictures out there, or uh, so many things out there that like uh, Rodman's one of those guys that he just does a lot that you don't necessarily always see. And like I oh, like I sent you guys that picture earlier that had been floating around because I always think about it of him just laying like a goddamn plank in the middle of the air to try yeah. to save a ball. Like those are the kinds of things that are just they're unmatched by anybody else other than fucking Dennis Rodman. Dude, those guys, those might have been three of the top five most athletic people in the league at that time. Absolutely. That Probably, team was made yeah. up of freaks. Yep. And it all different, slightly different body types. So it really worked out well as far as just positioning when it was yeah. really, you know, now it's positionless basketball. It's very position specific back then. Right. right. Uh, but with like but we, all due respect to guys like Hakeem, David Robinson, Shaq, Chuck, Patrick Ewing, whoever was you thought the second best player in the league was. In Jordan's peak, the difference between Jordan and them was so much bigger than it ever was with LeBron and his gap between D-Wade, Kobe, Melo, Tim Duncan. Definitely. It's not even close. It's really not. Like, the gap in talent was so much bigger from Jordan. And, like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to make amends with that because I don't think it's I think LeBron stu- does stuff that just doesn't show up on the stat sheet and everything. Like, that give Jordan me a does. year. Give me a year. LeBron was that much better than anybody else because then you got to think later in his years, like seven, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. You got KD, you got Giannis, you got a lot yeah. of other guys. So it's yeah. like, is he ever that much better than the next guy? Where Jordan was clearly so much better than the next guy. Right. Yeah, and that, that's what I mean. Is like you can't look at the stat sheet and say. LeBron is so much better than everybody else because LeBron does so many things that are not in the stat sheet. And everything that Jordan does is 100% in the stat sheet because he scores. And so it's, so it's kind of hard to tell, but um, what I will say is I, I, I'm inclined to agree, but I don't know if I'm 100% there yet. Uh, So I'm, I'm more on the boat than that, but I'm not 100% there. Well, you have LeBron as number one. So, I mean, that's, I do have LeBron as no, yeah, yeah, I do. So, I mean, I don't know um, that you're going to get there necessarily if, if that's the case. But yeah, not that that's a, a slight or anything. That's just your take. Here, here's what I will say is, is I, I know for a fact, and I've said it, is that Jordan is far and away the most most dominant player in the, in the league in this time. And it's, a, it's a, by a large margin. I just think that LeBron was a large margin in his prime mm. in 08 Cleveland as well. I don't think um, so, And their PERs actually will show it. Hmm. They have very I, similar PERs. In their primes. I mean, which is a league averaged statistic. And the higher your PER, the higher you are, or the greater that you are over the average of the league. Yeah. Um, And I'm making pro Jordan arguments right now, obviously. But yeah, yeah, you could make an argument LeBron was never the best scorer in a given season. Oh, I'll make that argument all day. Yeah. I'll make that argument all all day. Um, Because it it, it was either Kobe. Or Harden or Curry. Hello, KD. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, w- I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. KD. Um, I, I just think that LeBron is just like 
if you built me a player in a Overall, lab and said I need yeah. him to do everything, it would be LeBron James. Yeah. Sure, but I would. I, I would on national television. Everything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm just kidding. And then go back and win them the first championship in 40 <laughs> years. Yeah. I would probably make the argument though that Le- the league was more. I mean, so much more developed that LeBron was able to take it over a little bit more versus MJ. Like, made the league about what he was about. Dude, I will agree with that 100. percent that's yeah. that's and, the intangible aspect that MJ brings that LeBron just can't in my mind. Yeah, yeah, and and nobody else. That's not his it. fault. Like, yeah. right. I don't and, know if anyone else ever will have that kind. Of, right, those kind of intangibles. If LeBron Unless somebody rolls it, out an know. eighty-inch vertical, yeah, it's not going to ever happen, right? Because yeah. what what was Jordan's vertical? Forty-six. What was Bill Lambeer's? Seven. Like, <laughs> what, unless you roll out with another thirty-inch vertical higher than the highest, per, or than somebody else in the league, it's it's just not going to happen. Well, and Beer was him, just crushing fifteen-pound dumbbells in the offseason. <laughs> right? Hell yeah! Like Hell if you watch yeah. Wade play, he does a lot of the things that Jordan was doing. It's just that everybody else is doing it. It's true. Too. All right. So, what are you guys looking for? So, last time we said we were looking for a lot more basketball. We definitely got that. What are we looking for in the next two next Sunday going forward? Dream Team, which is what I believe we kind of saw a little sneak preview of, which is kind of the thing I'm most excited about in all of this. Because I like hearing other guys just basically just drool over Michael Jordan's skill set. Yeah. Yeah. If they go heavy Dream Team, I will 100% say this is not about the 97-98 team. This is about Jordan. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, that's absolutely fair. Uh, yeah. They're going there. I can tell they you that right now. They might dedicate a whole episode. Yeah, they're yeah, going they, there. This is a Jordan documentary. Yeah. They need to stop with the last dance and just say yeah. Jordan documentary. It's just too good of a name and story to not call it that. Dude, it, it is. It is. Oh, oh, okay. That's what you're saying. I thought you were talking about the Jordan or Jordan one, and Dream Team. One thing that I s- still haven't seen as much of that I thought I would is the behind-the-scenes stuff that they got from that last year and i mean obviously there's a reason for that we're getting there so simmons has already seen it and i right. listened to his pod and he said it comes out in the very last couple of episodes right see i heard a lot the more behind the scenes stuff yeah so i'm Time looking sleeves. forward to that yeah i'm looking forward to is that I, i'm really i'm so like what like one thing i have noticed is what we have seen so far for footage that was taken in like 1997 or 98 it looks really fucking good yeah yeah like, yeah, it does. You look at baseball games from back in that time, and it is horrific. I, s- I hope some of the behind-the-scenes stuff is just <laughs> Jordan just crunching numbers, calling his bookie, or like walking, <laughs> walking into a, a casino with like a mustache and sunglasses on. Dude, you got to see the sunglasses and the mustache. <laughs> yeah, see. and we were saying that Jordan was very worried about his image throughout this entire thing, and we haven't seen that yet. No. So I think we got some. I think we got some good stuff. I, no, he's been really, really transparent. It's been awesome. Very transparent for sure. Uh, one other note I meant to uh, bring up earlier: loved Rodman crushing beers before he went and rode that motorcycle dude, the Miller <laughs> fucking awesome dude he had a Miller light coming up to the walking into a game like what a badass that's fucking it's awesome like, it's like fucking stone cold steve austin playing hoops do you guys think that he took that kamikaze shot sitting there in the on the weight bench like he he said he did yeah dude yeah, i don't think he's the type of person that would just act like that like <laughs> but well i know that he's the type of person that would plant that seed in your mind and you make you wonder whether it's true or not yeah, yeah. so i, I think he probably he did madonna isn't that incredible that's an unbelievable story his 30 for 30 is so fucking good yep. it really is uh if you guys haven't checked it out it's definitely worth checking out all right Boy, good midweek rewatchable absolutely <laughs> we got time this one held up 
this one so far yeah, so good. So, I, I'm really impressed. Four episodes in, I think we we've, we've seen a lot of really good stuff, and there's a lot more to come. Without sports, this is all I look forward to during the week. I know, dude. It's fucking this is horrific. all I got, bro. It's horrific <laughs> and a half. It really is. We'll do an episode this week, and we'll talk about where we are with all that. And I don't know. Yeah, let's do a quick one and just talk about likelihood yeah. of it coming back and some of the ideas. Yeah, we uh, we need to update everyone where we are. All right, let's get out of here, boys. Next Sunday, we'll do this again for the review of The Last Dance. Until then, we'll see everybody later. Later. See you guys.